You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Merry Christmas, everybody. Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on today's show. Opt-outs, opt-outs, and more opt-outs all across the SEC, among others. More players opting out for the Georgia Bulldogs, making their bowl matchup against Cincinnati that much tougher. We'll tell you who the latest to opt out was. 12 SEC players to go in the first round of next year's NFL draft. That's what one CBS analyst is predicting. We'll tell you who he has going in the top five. Also, we'll talk with Zach Blackerby of Locked On Auburn to discuss the latest on the Tigers hiring new head coach Brian Harson. And how close did Auburn come to hiring one of the other big names out there? I am Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcasts. Get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day, five days a week. Wishing all of you a happy holidays out there. And remember the reason for the season as you enjoy time with family or quarantining, isolating, whatever you're doing out there. Hope you do it safely and have a great time as we get ready to turn the page to 2021. All right, let's get into it. A lot to discuss. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. What a catch! Around the conference. Coming up shortly, we're going to talk with Zach Blackerby about the Brian Harson hire, but I didn't want to. I did want to mention that Harson will be introduced. At an introductory press conference today at Auburn, expected to be around 3.30 Central Time. So Merry Christmas to all those Auburn beat writers and TV reporters who are going to spend their Christmas Eve covering a coach's press conference. Local TV sitting there at 6 o'clock on Christmas Eve night cutting up audio and video. That is what it is. Over at Georgia, their chances of beating Cincinnati in the bowl game just got a little tougher as outside linebacker Aziz Ojolari has opted out of the Peach Bowl to prepare for the NFL Draft. Ojolari is a Bentoneric semifinalist and is among the SEC leaders in sacks. The Bulldogs are expected to be without at least 11 former starters, including nine that have chosen to opt out. Georgia opened this game at around, around an 8.5-point favorite, but betonline.ag has them down to a 7-point favorite now. Other Big-name opt-outs include offensive lineman Ben Cleveland, tight end Troy McKitty, safety Richard LeCount, and DB Eric Stokes, linebacker Monty Rice, all among others. Over at South Carolina, changes continue under new coach Shane Beamer. Reports are linebacker coach Rod Wilson is out, as well as wide receivers coach Joe Cox. In addition, two Gamecock players have thrown their names into the transfer portal. Defensive back Jamie Robinson and cornerback John Dixon, both on the move. We'll see where they end up. Also, the Gasparilla Bowl has been canceled after South Carolina pulled out of the game, so no bowl game for UAB versus the Gamecocks. There is some good news for South Carolina fans, however, as senior starting kicker Parker White announced on social media he will return for another season. He was a senior, but because of the COVID rules, seniors can come back for one more year at their respective schools. In addition, it sounds like former Gamecock quarterback Eric Kimry Remember him starting in the late 90s in the Lou Holtz era? He will join Beamer's staff as the tight ends coach. So Shane Beamer bringing back some old Gamecocks now. A couple other opt-outs, or, or I'm sorry, not even opt-outs, transfer portal. Uh, Mississippi State defensive lineman Devin Robinson 
announced he has entered his name into the transfer portal, while defensive back over at Tennessee, Balin Buchanan, will enter the portal as well. He has not played recently for the Vols, but both those guys on the move, trying to put their name in the hat for the transfer portal. Over at Arkansas, quarterback Felipe Franks was announced as the latest quarterback to head to the Senior Bowl in Mobile. So congrats to Felipe. He joins other SEC quarterbacks in Kellen Mond, Kyle Trask, and Georgia quarterback Jamie Newman, who, of course, never really played there. But uh, they, sh they better give him the Wake Forest helmet, not a Georgia helmet. Uh, at Florida, tight end Kyle Pitts. He was named the first tight end ever to be named to the Bolitnikoff Award finalist. He joins a group along with Ole Miss wide receiver Elijah Moore. And the guy who will most likely win the award, Alabama's Devontae Smith. He might as well just go ahead and start engraving his name on that thing right now. In NFL draft news, the latest CBS Sports mock draft for 2021 has SEC players all over in the first round. 12 projected SEC players to go in the first round of the NFL draft. Analyst Ryan Wilson projects Florida tight end Kyle Pitts and Alabama quarterback Mac Jones as top five picks, while LSU's Jamar Chase and Bama's Devontae Smith are projected to go top 15. Other first-rounders include Florida's Kadarius Toney, Mizzou's Nick Bolton, and South Carolina's J.C. Horn. Wouldn't that be funny, though, if Mac Jones... Let's say Devontae Smith wins the Heisman over Mac Jones, but then Mac Jones gets drafted in the top five of the draft, and Devontae Smith goes, like, 15th. I understand NFL teams value that quarterback very high and teams will reach for the quarterback if they need him, but that, is, that would be absolutely nuts. Over at Kentucky, their basketball game next week against South Carolina has been postponed due to contact tracing with the Gamecocks program. The SEC has set up the final weekend before the conference tournament for makeup games in basketball, and it looks like, as of now, that's when Kentucky and South Carolina will make up that game, but South but Kentucky... They're looking to get ready and get into conference play in just a short week, and now they're going to have to wait on that one as their game against South Carolina postponed. Over at LSU, they have begun their search for their next defensive coordinator after relieving Bo Pelini of his duties, but Matt Zenitz at AL.com says one name to keep an eye on, former Vanderbilt head coach Derek Mason. That would be an interesting get for LSU bring in Derek Mason. I know his defenses weren't all that great at Vanderbilt, but you give him some talent, the caliber of LSU, look, he had some pretty good defenses in his days at Stanford over there, so might be a good hire if that's the direction that LSU decides to go. And lastly, we will find out later today the Heisman finalist. ESPN has an article up now projecting, at least this is from their writers, saying that they think Devontae Smith will be the winner. They have Mac Jones at number two, Trevor Lawrence at number three, and Kyle Trask at number four. Again, that's just a bunch of the ESPN writers who all got together and pulled themselves and projected finish, but pretty crazy to say that three of the four finalists would be SEC players. No doubt where the best football is played in the country, and that is around the conference. When we return, we're going to talk the latest on the Auburn hiring of Brian Harson as their next head coach. We're going to talk about that with Locked On Auburn host Zach Blackerby coming up next right here on Locked On SEC. 
Merry Christmas to all you guys and gals out there. Hope Santa treats you well. Hopefully you weren't too bad this year in this COVID pandemic year. Hold up in your house. But hopefully you do uh, are prepared for a, a fun holiday weekend. And hopefully you are prepared with a fridge full of ice cold Coors Light. Look, we got a lot of responsibilities, guys, over these next couple of days. A lot of football to watch. And you don't want to be doing it without a Coors Light in your hand. Make sure you have plenty stocked up in your fridge. And Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what you are watching throughout this holiday weekend, this is your time to chill. This is your time to relax. We know watching football is therapeutic. It is your uninterrupted me time while the kids are opening the new presents and uh, playing with the noise, making toys and everything else. Take a little me time and sit back on your couch and enjoy an ice-cold Coors Light. It is mountain cold refreshment, cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It is literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for any moment to unwind. And when you see those blue mountains on the side, ah, heaven is upon us. Make sure you grab plenty of Coors Light this holiday weekend. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit that reset button, Reach for the beer that's made to chill and get Coors Light in their new look cans delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hope you guys are ready for some football. College football fans, we got bowl season upon us. Some big matchups going on this weekend throughout next week. NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture getting a little bit more clearer. And there is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use our promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you will get a 50% welcome bonus. Looking at some of the games these next handful of days, right now on their website, they got Hawaii as a 10.5-point underdog to Houston in the bowl game today. Make sure you head to betonline.ag and start making some bets. we got Marshall against Buffalo tomorrow. Buffalo is a four-and-a-half-point favorite over Marshall. And then coming up this weekend, we got Louisiana Lafayette. They are a 13-and-a-half-point favorite over UTSA. All those lines currently at betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Rolling along here, locked on SEC. Hey guys, the holidays are about giving, so we're giving you guys a hot tip that could earn you some extra cash on this Christmas holiday. The new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com. Lee is red hot to start the season, and he shares a lock of the day on every episode. Subscribe to Locked On Bets today wherever you get your podcasts. I, I wish Locked On Bets would have had some good odds on Brian Harson to be the next head coach at Auburn because I don't think anybody really had a beat on that. All the names we heard in recent days and recent weeks was not Brian Harson. But uh, joining us now to talk all things about Brian Harson being the next Auburn head coach is our buddy Zach Blackerby from Locked On Auburn. Zach, if uh, if I would have told you a week ago that Brian Harson would be the next head coach, how surprised would you have been? I'm going to be honest. Uh, I've been really surprised, and my follow-up question would have been, "Who? <laughs> Who?" I, I, I had heard him a few times. You know, like I knew of his existence, but I couldn't have really told you much about him. I didn't know he was a former, 
you know, Boise State quarterback. I didn't know he kind of worked his way up through Boise, then left for, for Texas to be their OC, then took the head coaching job, replaced Gus Malzahn for the first time at Arkansas State back in 2013-14. And then um, after a year there, goes and takes over Boise State, his alma mater. And a lot of people there kind of assumed he'd be a lifer, right? And then uh, obviously that's not the case as he now replaces Gus Malzahn for the second time, uh, of course, this time at Auburn. So, yeah, wild stuff. I would have been very, very surprised. What? what yeah, this is always a tough question, but, like, because he is the guy, but what choice do you think this guy – like, was this their fifth? Was this their sixth choice? Like, how many guys do you think they actually legitimately offered the job to that turned them down? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It seems like – he wasn't the first call. Um, was he third on the list? Was he eighth on the list? Because there was a lot of people reporting a lot of people got offered and turned the job down. Very interesting. In the release that Auburn sent out, and I've got it right here, Auburn President Jay Gouge had a quote, as well as Harson, as well as A.D. Alan Green, but this is something that, that Jay Gouge said. He said, quote, Our search was diligent and thoughtful, and it is unfortunate that so much misinformation was spread in recent days about the process. That's part of this quote. Super interesting, because Auburn's kind of been under attack about how much of a disaster this coaching search has been. And it kind of makes you wonder when when they put that in the statement of him being hired, it's kind of like, okay, was all that true? Because I don't know. (laughs) If it's all true, Harshall's probably like the eighth guy. The eighth guy that maybe got offered the job, but... If not, if, if not everything is true, it could be any number less than that. Yeah, it seems like, and just to run through some of the names, we heard you know, Mario Cristobal, as soon as his name came out, immediately Oregon gives him an extension. And, you know, this is what we see that happens yeah. a lot among, uh, among college coaches. Uh, Hugh Freeze, I was surprised when I read the report, what, a day or so ago, that they had finally had a serious conversation with Hugh Freeze. Like, he's one of the names that we heard from the get-go. Like, we would have thought that that would have been a guy that they would have first right off the bat, Hugh, here's an offer, you know? Right. Right. Yeah, and, and Auburn got permission, or they reached out to Liberty saying, hey, can we talk to him? And then about four or five hours after that story broke, you start hearing some real things of people saying, like, hey, uh, the next guy is Brian Harson of Boise State. And everyone's like, what? Really? <laughs> Interesting. But, yeah, I mean, there was a ton of names thrown out there. Sarkeesian uh, r- reportedly turned down the, uh, the job or even the opportunity to interview Tony Elliott. OC at Clemson, Brent Venables picked up some late steam, and then he put out a statement saying that he's staying at Clemson, um, Louisville with Billy Napier, Bill Clark. I mean, it, it's been a really interesting process, and just with the responses and how people have done things, like it seems like they did reach out, but if not everything is true, according to Jay Gouge, you know, and he could just be saying that, I don't know, but <laughs> it doesn't seem like he was in the top three or four just based on kind of seeing, you know, the smoke. And there's smoke all over the place, and, like, you got to think there's fire somewhere. Well, the good news is that you guys hired a, a, at least a good name because I, I just saw uh, the last day or so that uh, Terry Bowden is going to be the new, next head coach at UL Monroe. So, look, if y'all would have run out of candidates, Terry Bowden might have been making a return to the Plains, and that would have been a disaster. So, uh, at, least, uh, yeah. <laughs> at least he's not coming back. Uh, here's where I come down. I want to get your thoughts on Harson. Is it's not a bad hire. I think I heard somebody describe it as best as it's a B to B plus hire. Like it's not a big splash name. Had they hired Hugh Freeze, 
everybody would have been excited today. Had they hired Cristobal, I think a lot of people would have been excited. Like, it's not a splash hire from a, from a name that we all recognize in the SEC, but there's a chance Brian Harsley can be a really good head coach, and that's why I'm – I'm in a wait-and-see mode with him, right? Like, I'm going to be optimistic, and I'm going to wait and see. Obviously, he's going to need time. I don't think he'll hit the ground running next year, although he will have a lot of talent on that roster to play with. But I, I mm-hmm. think I think he has potential to be a head coach, despite it not being a splash hire right off the bat. What say you? Yeah, yeah. I, I put up an emergency podcast on Locked on Auburn just a few minutes after the news was announced. I didn't have a whole lot to say. I just kind of read his resume and, and just kind of, you know, some of the reports and, you know, some of the stats that he's had recruiting wise and all that. And then I'm like, okay, at the end of it, I wrapped it up. Like, I really don't know what to think. I think I can sell myself on this guy. I just need a night. So I recorded it Thursday morning or Wednesday morning, rather. and was like, okay, all right, I'm in, I'm in. And, and I, I think you can definitely convince yourself on Brian Harson, him being a, a good candidate, for the Auburn job, and I think a lot of it has to do with offense. I mean, Auburn needed to do something different on offense. Clearly, the Gus Malzahn era started out red hot offensively, and it just fizzled out. And then Auburn became a defensive-minded team, and I don't think that's really how you win championships in this style of uh, college football that we see today. And so when you look at Harson as a football coach on the field, I think that's going to be great. I think he's going to make Bo Nix better. I think he's going to make Demetrius Davis, who's got now the guy waiting in the wing officially. I think he's going to make him better, assuming you know he's there long enough to help develop him. And I think you're going to see better offensive line play. I think you're going to see receivers getting open. So on the offensive side of things, I think Auburn's in a better spot now than they were before this hire. Defensively, I think it's going to be really important to see who he hires as a defensive coordinator. Does Kevin Steele stick around? This could be interesting to see. But I love what he's going to do off the field from a culture standpoint. I rewatched a lot of his press conferences, just random ones after games and such. I really like his demeanor. I really like his attitude. Look, it's a total shift from what Auburn is going to be used to with Gus Malzahn shifting uh, to, to Harz. And I think it's going to be cool to see how fans respond to that, how players that were not recruited to play in this style of culture, how they respond to it. And it's going to make some guys better. Some guys aren't going to like it, and they may leave the transfer portal, you know, filling up more and more by the hour, it seems like. But all in all, I think it's good. The biggest thing for me is, I mean, this guy has no experience in the southeastern part of the country. I'm not talking about the SEC. As far as Arkansas State goes and Texas goes, like that is as close as it gets to recruiting this part of the country. And obviously, you know, if you're listening to this, you, you probably love college football and you know this. Recruiting may not be interesting to you. I don't find recruiting super interesting, but the finished product of each class every year is extremely important, and, I, and you can't argue against that. And so I don't know how he's going to be able to come into the state of Alabama and recruit against Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Florida, Clemson. I don't know how he does that. So his, uh, his staff is going to be very important from a recruiting aspect. I think once they get guys on campus and he's engaged with these guys, I'm not worried about the relationships and the conversation. He's going to be able to attract his kind of guy. But Auburn fans are going to have to be patient because, look, the class that they just brought in with this early signing period, it's bad. It's like 41st uh, in the country. It's like behind Rutgers. 
And so is he going to be able to finish out this class strong with this next signing period coming up in a few months or a few weeks, rather? Is he going to be able to kind of bolster that? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know how he's going to. I think he's going to need help and some things to maybe fall in his lap. So, like, this class is a wash. This class is not going to be very good. And I think it's going to take him time to build these relationships with the high schools around here. I think it's going to take a long time to kind of figure out this network and to kind of put his his footprint and his fingerprint and, you know, his identity across this recruiting trail. It's going to take a few years. And so when this bad recruiting class catches up in two or three seasons, is he going to have enough in place to kind of, you know, balance that out with other good classes? It's just going to take time. And I, I, I'm worried that we're going to get to two or three years from now and Auburn fans are going to be upset with the performance of talent because the previous administration kind of got screwed by, uh, by, by a lot of different things that resulted in a bad coaching or a bad recruiting cycle. So um, that's the thing I'm most worried about with Harson. More with Zach Blackerby right after this. Hey, if you're looking for a Sunday pregame show that talks about every game and every team in depth, check out the Locked On NFL Sunday show live every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern. No sketches, no celebrity cameos, no fluff, just football. Every Sunday morning with hosts Cody Rourke and Ross Jackson. Follow and subscribe to the Locked On Live on Twitter account, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, And don't forget to turn on notifications to be notified when the show goes live every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern, Locked on NFL Sunday. Continue to talk about Auburn and their hiring of Brian Harson as their next head coach and uh, talking with our buddy Zach Blackerby, host of Locked on Auburn. Uh, Zach, I talked with B.J. Rains yesterday on the podcast. He's the uh, Boise State beat writer, been covering Brian Harson this whole time, and uh, he said the, the one thing that stood out to him, he said just to, you know, letting us know coming to the conference, he said, Harson's not very good with the media. He said he doesn't like to give a lot. It's a lot of coach speak and all that. And I said, oh, well, that's not going to fit in well in the SEC when you consider you got Mike Leach, Lane Kiffin, you know, uh, Coach O. I mean, all these very outspoken characters, big presence guys. And, you know, talking with a friend yesterday, he said, I just feel like the Auburn coach, when you're going toe to toe with Nick Saban in the state of Alabama, you got to have that big personality. You got to stand out. You got to let these 16, 17, 18 year old kids know this is where you want to be. Is that, I mean, in your mind as covering Auburn, is that going to be a difficult challenge for Harson? do you think? Well, I mean, Gus was terrible with the media as well. I mean, you <laughs> could, it looked like he was the most uncomfortable person you've ever seen. It's like a, a kid waiting in the dentist waiting room, right? It's like, Gus, we're not going to pull your teeth, man, but he was terrible with the media. And then you talk to some of his former players, and they're like, y'all, Gus is the funniest guy in the world. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? So I, I, I'm sure... Uh, he, he got guys to come and play at Boise, Idaho. So, I mean, he's going to be able to, to have conversations and build relationships and all that. It may be a different type of person than what Gus and his staff recruited over the past almost decade to Auburn. But I think he, surely he's got to be able to turn it on outside of the media. I've heard from a lot of folks that he's a very deep conversationalist. He's not big of a small talk guy. He likes to think about things, really dive into you know, deep conversations with people. That's just what I've heard. And, you know, I, I think I think that's going to resonate with a certain level of recruits. And I, and I think some people are going to like that. Some people may not. I don't know. But 
as far as the big personality, like Gus didn't have that, and he beat, he's beaten uh, Saban more than anybody else in the conference has. So I don't think that's necessarily a death sentence by any means, but it, it's going to be – I mean, the dynamic is going to shift across the conference. I mean, every time a new coach comes in and one of these top you know, half schools in the SEC – it's going to happen, and it's just there's going to be a ripple effect, and guys are going to benefit from it, and other guys won't. But all in all, I don't think the personality is going to be a huge deal. I don't think. It is interesting, too, from a standpoint, because I have a buddy who's a big Auburn fan, and he said, you know, going from one offensive coach to another offensive coach, okay, I get it. I said, well, look, look around the landscape of college football. The defensive-minded coaches – are becoming fewer and, and far in between. I mean, look at the two coaches right. who just played for the national championship. Obviously, Saban is in a in a you know category of his own. We don't even consider he's he's all around good. It's not just defense with him, but he obviously adapted to the the new age offenses when he brought in Lane Kiffin and obviously with Sark yeah. now. But on the other side, it's it's Dan Mullen. Everybody thought Kirby and Georgia would be in the SEC title game, but. Look at how, you know, it was their offense that wasn't evolved enough with the quarterback situation, and now they're they're hitting their stride with JT Daniels. I just bring that up to say, like the point you made earlier, you got to score points in this in this league, specifically in the SEC nowadays. I mean, go look at the, the scores from every weekend. We're like 54 to 48. Like, you've got to right. score points. And so that's where, at least from if I'm an Auburn fan, I'm a little bit – um, comfortable with the fact that we hired an offensive court, uh, offensive coach as opposed to you know a defensive-minded coach who's going to try to win some 13-10 to 10 games, which used to get it done in the SEC 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, you're right. And you look at a lot of the scores at Boise State. If they're in the high 30s, low 40s, that seems to be kind of a normal thing for them. And so, yeah, you know, how does that translate from the Mountain West to the SEC? That's been yet to, you know, that's yet to be seen. But you're right. But something that's interesting about his style of offense and the way that Boise has scored points under him, they're very balanced. It's not like this Alabama offense that we've seen under Sarkeesian. It's not like a Lane Kiffin offense where it's like these massive chunk plays, you know, these burst plays, explosive play after explosive play. It's, a, it's more of a methodical type approach to an offense. They're going to run it. They're going to pass it. They're going to run off tackle. They're going to do all that good stuff. Um, and they're going to be balanced about it. But they are going to score points, I believe. I think they're going to make a lot of these guys in this offense better. But the scores may look higher, but I don't think it's going to be because, you know, they're finding Anthony Schwartz wide open, you know, 70 yards downfield or anything like that. But it's, it's going to be a change on offense, and, man, does Auburn really, really need it. But, yeah, I'm with you. I think offense is the ticket to get to a championship now. Has Bo Nix played his last snap at quarterback for Auburn? I don't think so. I don't think so. The only way I saw Bo Nix not being Auburn's quarterback anymore was if Hugh Freeze came into town and he brought Malik Willis with him. That, that was the only scenario, and I almost said a realistic scenario, but I, I don't think the Hugh Freeze thing was ever really realistic until that report came out yesterday. Um, but, yeah, uh, no, I, I think Bo Nix is the quarterback moving forward. You know, there was that Saturday Down South article that came out like a week or so ago, and, man, it put Auburn fans in a tizzy, talking about how <laughs> Bo Nix isn't a starter anymore. And Man, I, I bet it did really well page views-wise because people were sharing it and like, being <laughs> mad about it and all of that. So, uh, no, I, I, I think Bo Nix is Auburn's quarterback in 2021. The, the thing that is really comforting, though, at least with the success he had at Boise, I mean, look, Chris Peterson helped build that thing up, but Harson did a good job of sustaining it. 
outside of this weird COVID year, he didn't lose less than nine games in any season. I mean, one, two, three, four, five seasons, he won double-digit wins or more. That's comforting. And if we could do a little look ahead, Zach, assuming everything is normal next year in 2021, or at least some bit of normalcy, and we play a normal schedule, I mean, you get Akron, Georgia State, Alabama State, those are all wins. At Penn State is your, you know, your your one game that's going to be difficult, but Penn State's going to be reloading. And then the conference road trips at Arkansas, going to have a new quarterback. Uh, at LSU, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. At South Carolina, new head coach. And at Texas A&M, they'll be replacing Kellen Mond. I think eight, eight wins is very doable for Auburn next year, if not more. Yeah, I think so. I think eight and four and nine and three is what you got a chance to look at. And the question is, how does the Auburn fan base respond to that? I mean, you fired Gus because he couldn't go much better than eight and four. So <laughs> once again, how patient are they going to be? Because things are going to get harder the following season. And it's like, all right, so you go eight and four, you go seven to five. Okay, then you know it's like, all right, now that class that stinks is now an upperclassman, and it's like. I, I don't know, man. It's going to be tough. He's in a really tough situation, I think. And, I, and you know, that's kind of why I believe some of the reports that came out with people were super excited to take this job. One thing you pointed out, and I think it is important to circle back to that, is, you know, he took over and he sustained Boise to where they were and kept winning championships in the conference with them. Auburn, he, it's a different job. I mean, he's going to have to build Auburn up. He can't sustain Auburn with where they're at or they will fire you. We saw it with Gus Malzahn. They'll pay $20 million for you to get out the door. So I don't know how you adjust what you do based on that. There's going to be a lot of new for him. Coaching in the SEC, coaching at this high of a level, being a head coach at Auburn. There's different political things you have to deal with when you're the head coach at Auburn. It's just he's going to have a lot of new things to deal with, and it's going to be a totally different world for him. I think on the field he's going to be able to make his guys better but once again, like he's going to have to have dudes that can compete with LSU and Alabama and Georgia because that's that's why Gus Malzahn got fired. So if you go eight and four and you lose to those three and then maybe drop one, you know that you're not supposed to, or maybe you lose to A and M and it's like, okay, but you, people still aren't happy. You know <laughs> what I mean? And so like I I don't see a realistic path in the next two or three years where he's beating Alabama or Georgia. But let's see. He is Zach Blackerby, host of Locked on Auburn. The great part about this, Zach, we get the next eight months to dissect what we think Brian Harson's going to do at Auburn because we are uh, the offseason is here and it is upon us. Uh, let our listeners know what uh, what you got up at Locked on Auburn this week. Yeah, man, we're, we're breaking this down. We're looking to scheme, speculating on potential coaching hires, which offensive players benefit most. From this high, we're going to break it down from every uh, every single side of it. And uh, hopefully after Christmas, we'll get a nice press conference, and then we can kind of move on from there and see what that, uh, I don't know, kind of maybe maybe we may compare his uh, his opening presser and Gus Malzahn's opening presser, because i got a feeling they're going to be way different. So that'll be kind of fun to poke at. <laughs> he is Zach Blackerby. Check him out, Locked on Auburn. Zach, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. Hey, thank you, boss. All right, Zach Blackerby of uh, Locked on Auburn does a fantastic job and uh, always fun to get him on. And, man, it's I feel like we've talked to Zach more than any of the other Locked on hosts on our network because 
Auburn's had so much drama. Obviously, South Carolina uh, with their coaching change. Uh, you know, Alabama and Florida obviously being the, the two biggest relevant uh, stories this year in the SEC. But my goodness, um, Brian Harson, can he beat Nick Saban? Time will tell. But that is what Auburn is hoping for to get them back to national prominence and back in the national championship uh, picture at least once every handful of years, right? That is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. That's going to do it for this week's conversation of Locked on SEC. We'll be back on Monday morning. Remember to subscribe to Locked on SEC. We will uh, do a full preview going into next week of some of the bowl games. Start getting you ready for Alabama's national championship picture. Getting ready for their playoff game against Notre Dame, which, again, latest lines on betonline.ag has Alabama as a almost 20-point favorite <laughs> over Notre Dame. Uh, and in fact, these are just some of the other odds from betonline.ag. If Alabama were to play Ohio State, they'd be a 10.5-point favorite. If they play Clemson, only a 4.5-point favorite. So I think we're all destined, with, or thinking we're going to be destined for a rematch of Alabama and Clemson once again. We probably will. And it'll be hella entertaining. That's going to do it for me, Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys on Monday right here on Locked on SEC.